0: Welcome to Never Rewrite. I'm Isaac Askew. And I'm Jeffrey Sherman. And today we're going to talk about the the perverse incentives uh, of proposing a rewrite. Oh, tell me more. Uh, So just a moment of introduction on, on what a perverse incentive is for anyone who doesn't know. A perverse incentive is when the system encourages you to cheat or take a shortcut. So this is when a salesperson has, you know, targets. Uh, they might book a sale that they shouldn't really have booked because it's mm-hmm. going to get them to their bonus targets. Um, a lot of times when corporations have to restate profits and earnings, it's because the executives had perverse incentives to hit certain numbers. And so they made sure to hit them regardless of what had happened, what the reality was. Got it. And so rewrites have, have a large, they don't have large, It they have a bevy of Perverse incentives that come along with proposing a rewrite. You mm-hmm. know, in theory, you would propose a rewrite because it's going to be better than fixing the current system. You know, with whatever version of better you have, of you know, it's going to be easier to uh, maintain. It's going to be faster. It's going to be more scalable. It's going to have fewer bugs. It's going to make the developers happy. Like those are all positive things. That good intentions, get out of... yeah. right? Those are all good intentions that are valuable to the company. Uh, but then there are a lot of terrible, well, not terrible. There are a lot of perverse incentives as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one driver of, of perverse incentives is for new hires. New developers come in. Uh, they want to make their mark on the company. And what they have is a. they come in and they look at this organically grown, highly overgrown system that runs the company. It's doing all this work. They don't understand it uh, because it's difficult to yep. understand. It's hard to test. It's not going to be easy to change. It's going to be a slog. And immediately, if your goal is to make a name for yourself and prove yourself at this company, replacing it is going to be a lot easier. Replacing it seems like it's going to be a lot easier <laughs> than fixing it up uh, you know, and restoring this overgrown system to pristine conditions. You're going to do it not because... You think it's truly think it's going to make a a better positive outcome, but because it's going to be better for you and your career at the company, right? It also insulates the new developer from any of the blame uh, for the lousiness of the current system. You know, after you've been there for a you know when you walk in the door, no one's going to say, "Oh, yes, you you're responsible for this." But after you've been there for three to six months, it's your system now, and now you are responsible for all the blemishes Mm -hmm. and all the things that go wrong. Even if it's in some piece of code that's been there for ten years and you've never even had it had any reason to open that file, it's your system. and you now are getting the blame. and, and people feel that personally. It's like a body blow up. oh, I'm getting blamed for this thing, and it's not even my code.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're doing a rewrite, it's never your code. It's the old system. For existing developers, there's slightly different perverse incentives. One, it gets you out of fixing bugs. As long as you're in the old system, you're going to be a continuative iterative cycle of fix bugs, You know, refactor the system so that you can see what's going on more easily, which is going to uncover bugs. You're going to fix the bugs. You're going to refactor a little more, fix the bugs, refactor, fix, refactor, fix, and slowly extending. And it's not, it doesn't, for most people, it doesn't seem like that's going to be as much fun as. Hey, I'm going to do this greenfield rewrite and I'm going to spend months building this new framework and I'm going to think about how it's going to do it. So I immediately, doing a rewrite gets you away from fixing bugs and the maintenance work. Second thing it does is it's an easy way to bring in new ideas and new technologies into your stack. If you have a microservice architecture, it's easy to say, hey, let's do an experiment uh, and bring in... Go, we're going to build, I want to build this new service, or I want to rebuild an existing service in Go. And if it doesn't work, well, it's, you know, it's a small service. But if you have a monolith, you can't really do that. It's, you have a monolith, and a new service is a massive undertaking, because it doesn't play well with services. Mm -hmm. And so if you're saying, oh, I want to do an experiment with language or framework of choice, you have to... Create and refactor to create a space for that, or you can simply say, Hey, we're gonna do a rewrite, it's gonna be in Go because Go is you know the awesome flavor of the month, and instantly you you get in green light into Go. The third no thing pun it does. Yes. Uh the third thing it it does is it allows you to avoid doing subject matter expert work for a lot of developers. Uh, the idea, it used to be called the universal manager fallacy. The idea that, oh, well, if you're a manager and you're managing people, it doesn't matter what the team of people you're working, you're leading do- are doing. You're the manager. You're not actually responsible for doing the, the, the hands-on work. You're managing. So, you know, you can be a universal manager and, and come in and manage people. Uh, and that doesn't work at all. A lot of developers have a similar fallacy of, oh, well, I'm a developer. I write code. You tell me what the code does, and I'll write it, uh, and so I don't need to know anything about it. You know, if I'm working in it was healthcare, or if I'm working in security, or if I'm working uh, on marketing or advertising, like it's all it's code. Just tell me what to yes, write, and I'll yeah. write it. Uh, and I'm a universal developer, and that is highly inaccurate. Uh, developers need to become subject matter experts on what their systems are supposed to be doing. Because there's a lot of subtle things that no one is going to know to tell you the program into the system. And so the good developers become experts in their field and understand the, the ways and whys and what for's of, 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 you know, the business processes around what they're doing. Uh, and mediocre developers often avoid learning. And if you don't become a subject matter expert, be- detailed business work is hard and it's boring and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because you're going to go talk to somebody who is for every you know conditional.
1: So the perverse incentive in that regard is the developer wants to move towards something brand new because it's easier for them rather than put in the effort and all the work that it takes to understand the nuances of the current system from both the actual implementation and from like the, the business context. Right. Because
0: when you're building a new system, the first thing you're working on is you know, the, the framework, it's the computer, the programming, it's the pure programming aspects of the job. That's what you do first. And so if you're avoiding the the, the tech, the business work, a rewrite lets you work in, in the pure computer science, pure programming realm. Ah, I see. All right. What else we have? Perverse incentives for managers. Uh, first thing that comes up is a rewrite will often double your team and double your budget. You've got the legacy team and the replacement team. Just by saying yes to a rewrite, you can often a manager can often double their budget, double their headcount. And it's expensive. It's expensive, it's massively expensive. It's a terrible idea for a company. But if you're a manager and you're looking around and you're measuring your stature by how many people you have reporting mm-hmm. to you and how much budget you control, which sadly a lot of managers do. Approving a rewrite is instantly you know it can double you. It can make you a lot more important, a lot bigger because now, boom, rewrite, double. Reinlighting a rewrite allows managers to avoid fixing uh, a problem. You know, if your current system is terrible and you propose a rewrite, that just bought you six to eighteen months where you say yes, the current system is terrible. We're working on a replacement. Don't expect me to fix the terribleness of the current system. It will all be fixed in the rewrite, which no one can judge until I deliver it. And I'm not going to deliver it for six to 18 months. So, yeah, it gives you a scapegoat. (laughs) It gives you this massive scapegoat for a long time. If your developers are unhappy at working in the current system, saying yes to a new system, right? It's not your money. This is kind of a middle manager problem of... You can say yes. Now you're a good guy. You know, you're know uh, you not the meanie yeah. who's making them work and fix all the bugs that they created.
1: The naysayer. <laughs>
0: you're now saying yes. Yes, it's terrible. Somehow the system became so terrible that it, you can't maintain it. Yes, go write a new system. It gives you a, a wonderful new project to put on your resume. Mm-hmm. The, I led this system. I led this group that maintained the system is boring. I led the group that maintained the system, and I led a group that replaced the system. That's a very good thing on your resume, especially if you get out uh, out the door before it fails.
1: I imagine too, when other companies are looking around, like if they're thinking about the the rewrite process and thinking, "Oh, we we have to rewrite this whole thing." Oh, look at this resume. This person's rewritten the whole thing from scratch before, and it kind of like feeds into the idea that that's
0: a good thing that people do this. We should be doing this. Yes, and it gives you the perverse incentive. If you're a manager, right, and you're managing this project and you're fairly wise, you're going to see that at a year things are starting to go badly. And as 18 months start to roll around, which is around when rewrites get canceled, Mm -hmm. if you have been wise, one of the things that is in the pattern is the manager will leave the team or get fired. Uh, before Before the project gets canceled near near the end one of the things that happens is the manager gets replaced if you are a wise manager or if you are a savvy manager i should say uh, and you aligned yourself with the perverse incentives you can take credit for this rewrite project put it on your resume declare that it's almost done that it's going to succeed go get a new job to help somebody else Come in and do this rewrite, <laughs> like just like you were saying, and you get mm-hmm. out of the, do- you, you know, you don't let the door hit your ass on the way out and you manage to roll this failure into your next success. You then get hired at the next company uh, to do this exact same thing. And you met ma- because you managed to get out before the whole thing came crashing down. And you can talk so the- about it, too. Like
1: all the good things that happened is not really seeing the side effects before you uh, like that would have continued had you
0: stayed. Right. And if somebody ever calls you and I'm like, oh, well, after you left this whole thing collapsed, They're like, well, I, <laughs> right. it's because I wasn't there anymore and they couldn't bring it yeah. It it I was just it so, good I was, I was so good. I was the one keeping it on track. Right. This it feeds the same perverse narrative of, oh man, it was I was killing it. Right. Uh, but for the company, this creates a perverse incentive of if you approve a rewrite, you are like you are also highly likely to lose the manager. So if a manager approves a rewrite, basically start the clock ticking. You've got 18 months or less uh, with that manager. There's a similar thing with developers, but it's not as consistent. Uh, A lot of developers will leave. Um, I guess that's a missed perverse incentive for the developers is, hey, you're going to do this rewrite. You bring in a new technology. You spend a year working this new technology. Now the company has just paid for you to learn this new skill which makes you hireable elsewhere. And then they leave, uh, especially if the project is failing and it's going to get canceled and that technology isn't going to be used anymore. Right? So you've pushed for rewriting go, you have spent a year working in go, the project is going nowhere, the company's going to cancel it, and there won't be the company won't be using go anymore. That developer is going to go. <laughs> it's such a good language for puns. Uh, <laughs> I have never written anything. The same like pun it. over and over it's again. A, it, it's a, there's a go to pun in this. It's just. <laughs> but yeah, so a, a rewrite with a language or skill change makes it highly likely that if the rewrite fails, the developers will. You know, it it motivates the developers in the short term, but it also basically puts a clock on them that they're probably going to leave. And the company isn't going to get any value from the things that they've learned. And they're not going to get the value. Like they're not going to get the long-term value from the developer for paying mm-hmm. for the, the skills that they're teaching because yes. the developer is going to leave. And they're not going to get the short-term value because the, the code that they're writing, if the rewrite doesn't work, never makes it into production. The code has no value. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of these things feed the perverse incentive of, you know, it. For the company is basically lighting money on fire. For sure. Just the
1: idea earlier that you mentioned for like a doubling the team size for like a legacy team, maintaining everything while you have the replacement team building something new. That sounds like it's just burning money. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like rewriting um, isn't even really feasible uh, as a, a concept unless your company is already pretty sizable or making
0: a fair amount of profit. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's an interesting topic for another show. Is you can't have a rewrite until you have a big enough pool and enough money to justify having extra developers to, to come and work it. You know, for everyone, there's the perverse incentive, uh, which is just human nature of you can get more credit for building something new than you can for fixing something that already exists. Yeah, that's a universal, I think. Yeah, that's um, a universal yeah. human fallacy.
1: It's but always. Yeah, maintenance for some reason is just, it, it doesn't matter if it's maintenance of your own body <laughs> going to mm-hmm. the gym, <laughs> uh, maintenance of uh, an old vehicle, uh, it doesn't really matter what. It, it, it's just, it's effort and it's annoying to have to do upkeep. And the idea that you can just pay for a brand new thing mm-hmm. is just tantalizing. It feels like it solves
0: your problems. Right. And maintenance rightly, well, maintenance wrongly just doesn't get the same respect uh, as new work you know traditionally you're going to end up doing a lot more maintenance over time than new work and so it just it's valued less theoretically you can do it with less skilled people although that's not really always true Mm -hmm. um not in our field certainly and those are kind of the perverse incentives that drive a rewrite and none of those percent uh, none of those things you know new technologies making uh you know avoiding the deep understanding of the code Doubling a a manager's budget, bringing on more people, getting credit. None of those help the customer. They most, the only one that helps the company somewhat is if some of those skills, you know, transfer and become useful. Theoretically, in the short term, it makes the developers happy, Hmm. which would be useful. But if the developers end up leaving when the project fails and gets canceled, that wasn't worth anything anyway. Like you might as well just. If you have a choice between paying a developer for 18 months and keeping them happy, doing work that is of no value to the company or losing a developer today, you're better off financially losing the developer today because mm. you didn't get any value out of the 18 months they were happy. And you had to pay for that entire time too. Right. You paid them and you didn't get any value. You probably created some dissidence among the other teams because, you know, why does this team get to play with Go and we don't? <laughs> I haven't really considered that side effect <laughs> yeah definitely when you do a rewrite everyone who's not part of the rewrite feels very jealous well, i i would to say technology. everybody because many so people, many right. people yeah. <laughs> many many people become jealous uh and wish that they were on the rewrite team which could spawn more
1: rewrites yeah there's definitely been times where I've been I've wanted to be on that rewrite team earlier in my career, and I'm like, oh, that, that seems like an interesting project because I know, I know how much of a pain point the old one is. I'm like, oh, that would be really cool to see like it perform as well as it could because this is like a money maker for for the the company, that kind of thing. But I am definitely one of the people that's tantalized by by maintenance. I like to keep the lights on, work. Me too.
0: I love the the puzzle of oh, well, this thing is terrible, and it can't be fixed. I I challenge accepted. Let's (laughs) right. The the, the more terrible and and impossible to fix you say it is, the more I want to prove you wrong and fix it. Uh, Same (laughs) for sure. I'm, I'm out of uh, a perverse incentives. That's, that's it. (laughs) That's it. That's the show. That's the show. Uh, You know, it's to summarize everyone pretty much from, you know, it's especially bad for new developers, but existing developers managers lots and lots of people are incentivized have incentives to, to do a rewrite that are not you know provide value to the customer or provide value to the business you know, if, i guess as a executive or a director or vp those are things that you need to be aware of when somebody's coming to you and saying oh we need to do a rewrite you, you need to be aware of these perverse incentives so that you can say well how you know you can't say, well, prove to me that you're not doing this to double your budget. <laughs> <laughs> can't outright but, uh, accuse them. Yeah. But yes. you can be aware
1: of, you know, these are the thing, the temptations that, you know, are kind of surrounding this decision and kind of like, you know, raise an eyebrow to it when someone come, approaches you. Yes,
0: exactly. Well, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Jeffrey Sherman.
1: And I'm Isaac Askew. And this is Never Rewrite. <laughs>